Hello, friends. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. 20 years of ill blood in Texas. No warning. End it. Hold my own. Statement of pride. Future Shock, Sheer Force, Prevention, Ozone. So many awesome bands spread across three different dates. So please, if you're in Austin, Texas, San Antonio, or Dallas, Fort Worth, please support every band. But please go out of your way to support Statement of Pride. One of my favorite hardcore bands doing it right now. And not just because they're on the label. They're amazing. I love them. Shout out to Statement of Pride. If you're not following From Within Records on social media, please boot up your Twitter, your Instagram. Click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. Please, if you're not signed up for the newsletter, head over to the From Within Records website. You can find it in their bio submit your email and get ready to receive some cool newsletters and like i always say please support from within records because they support us if you're looking for high quality merch for your band for your business please support my friends over at good fortune printing at wilkesbury pennsylvania you can follow them on instagram at good fortune printing or if you want to get in contact with them please email them contact at goodfortuneprinting.com before we get into today's guest, I'm a little sad, right? We all get a little sad sometimes, but I think it's uh, the post-concert depression is like finally starting to hit, right? Um, oh, well, both sides right here. You, you can see my uh, twice ready-to-be uh, VIP lanyard. We got the twice uh, jelly hoodie. I was calling it gummy hoodie the whole weekend, um, but it is actually called the uh, jelly I was I was saying gummy. It looks gummy, whatever. Uh, but we got the, the the new twice merch. Um, but I was having so much fun, right? The homies from Hawaii were in town, um, and the concert was amazing, right? I I could not believe how excited I was still uh, getting was hearing these songs live, right? Because I, I first of all, like twice, my most listened to artists uh ever which is insane when you think about how long i've been alive and all types of music i've been listening to but twice number one i hear these songs all the time i know them like the back of my hand and i'm just very surprised at how i can still be affected by it especially hearing it live uh, but there was one moment during the concert when they're playing feel special right uh Dayun, uh has her rap verse and then uh it cuts and then Jiho's parts next, but uh, normally it, it just keeps going like all the instrumentals and everything. But during the concert, like everything stops and it's just Jiho. And it was just like this epic moment. And I was just losing my mind because feel special might be my favorite song. I, I think it is my favorite song, um, but I didn't think there was a way to like it even more. So just to hear that part live, I just got so emotional and it was it was insane. It was such a fun time. I, I carved out some time to watch the uh, the UFC. Right, uh, we hit sound check, which was awesome. They did Moonlight for the first song, which is uh, my favorite song off the last record, and I was so it, it, I felt like that set the tone for the whole night because it was just amazing. They played Moonlight, Basics, um, TT, and they did one other song. I, I cannot remember what it is for the life of me. But anyways, sound check happened and I'd never been to SoFi Stadium before and we're on the floor of SoFi Stadium and the way we got down there was we had to walk down this this ramp, 
and it just like you know spiraled for like maybe like 10 floors and they weren't letting us use the elevators and i was like there's no way i'm gonna walk all the way back up there just to have to come all the way back down when the show starts so i went found some weird vip lobby that nobody was in it was just me and some random security guard shout out to that security guard and she was super chill and i posted up with a pretzel and a pepsi and i just watched the ufc and i didn't have any headphones so the security guard was listening to everything that the commentators were saying um, and she did not care so shout out to that security guard for vibing with me i, I seriously from the end of soundcheck till the show started was the exact time of the uh, prelims. So I, I got to watch the prelims, which was super awesome. And then as the prelims ended, I had to make my way down to the show. And it, it was just amazing. I, I had good vibes the whole time. And, uh, you know, in, in between songs, I was keeping up with what was going on uh, with uh, the pay-per-view. Shout out to Charles Oliveira. He had a very impressive win over Benil Dariush, and I did not expect that fight to go that way. Uh, to be honest, I love to root for the local guys, right? Benil Dariush trains here in Orange County, and I have a crazy bias for any any fighter that trains in Orange County. Uh, but I think uh, people were, I felt like they were kind of like overlooking Charles Oliveira, which is insane to me because the storied you know history that he has, former champion, and it's not like he's washed up or anything. He just got beat by the current champion. So I was a little surprised at how many people thought he was going to lose, but he came out, had an impressive performance and it was amazing. Um, and I didn't really get to watch the main event fully. I was paying attention, but obviously uh, it was going on during the concert and I could always watch the fight later. So I, I had it on, so I'd glance over every now and then, but I was mainly focusing on the concert, which was amazing. And it was as much fun as it was. That was not my favorite part of the weekend, which I, could not believe right going into this i thought twice is going to be the best thing ever um but but it wasn't I, I had way more fun spending time at the airbnb with the homies from hawaii uh, just so many um highs and not even any lows but there was just like some very emotional moments and it was just so crazy because I, I i i did not think that would be uh, my favorite time uh, during the whole weekend. So it, it was super cool, super memorable, and I literally can't wait to do it again. So shout out to all the homies that I got to see. Shout out to even the people that I, I didn't get to see. There's so many people that were at this concert, right? Twice, first K-pop uh, girl group to sell out uh, SoFi Stadium. And yeah, there were a lot of friends there that I had no idea were there. And we were scattered throughout that entire stadium. So I was bummed that I couldn't see everybody, but we have KCON right around the corner for anyone who's paying attention to my stories or even following KCON themselves. KCON this year, I was hoping it was gonna suck so I didn't have to spend as much money, uh, but it's shaping up to be something amazing. G Idol just got announced today, even though G Idol's literally playing the same month of uh, KCON, they're playing the Microsoft Theater, which I was gonna go to, but I just opted, okay, let's just not go to G Idol and go to KCON and see Seattle there. So it, it's gonna be awesome. Lapalus, shout out to all my Filipinos out there, right? We, we, we got one in Lapalus, amazing. Ive is coming. The fact that we get to hear After Like in America live, it's gonna be insane. So I hope all of you go. 
go invest in KCON. It's going to be sick. There's so many cool groups. Stray Kids is coming back. They just had to come back. ATs. Oh my god, it's going to be it's going to be insane. And, and they're not even done. When they announce XG, hopefully, right? Because uh, they they did this word finder. KCON posted a word finder and had you know hints, but, but literally they're dropping like the band's names. Uh, and so far, every band that's been in the word finder has uh, been announced. Uh, so I'm just waiting for XG because that's like one of the hottest groups this year. Like when I think of in, in terms of like K-pop that has been re- released this year, like albums that I cannot stop listening to, like XG is up there. Those two songs, uh, Shooting Star, Left, Right. Perfect. I don't know how they can get any better. So when XG finally gets announced, I'm going to lose my shit. 50-50, right? They were on there which is going to be so cool because that group is, yeah, uh, you know, they're, they're super popular right now. But but even the the album that came out before that people might not be aware of, it's amazing too. They, their whole discography is so good. So I'm going to be so thankful if I'm able to see them live, if it's actually true. And then other groups too, like Secret Number, right? I, I love Secret Number. I just feel like they always have the wrong timing with their comebacks just because it's it's really tough when you have a comeback and you're going up against uh these like super popular groups and when you're like a mid-tier to low-tier group and not even uh you know in terms of like music quality but just in terms of like popularity right because i think they make good music it's just they haven't been able to have the spotlight shine on them when it counts so i'm just looking forward to being able to get back to to KCON because KCON, I tell friends who are on the fence about KCON that it's the best experience I've ever had when it comes to anything K-pop, right? I've been uh, front row for twice. That was a legendary night. But for KCON, for me to be able to cross off so many groups that I never thought I'd be able to see, right? Like last year, I got to see Stacy four different times in one weekend i thought i could die happy but they've since come back and they need to hear poppy live the korean version uh, but anyways kcon's coming up it's going to be sick and i'm sure i'll continue to talk about it forever but on today's episode we had a track down our good friend matt saw him at k barbecue uh, well he was heading in i was heading out but it, it was just such a cool uh it was a cool meeting just because i'm uh, such a fan of him. He's in so many cool bands. And for us to run into each other at the, one of the most unexpected moments, right? You hear about it in the episode. But it, it was cool. And for me to be able to reach out and him be down, I'm always grateful, right? I'm grateful for anyone who's willing to take the time to do the podcast. I still appreciate it. But we had to track down Matt. He is playing in NHI, Summer Blue, newer band. That wasn't announced at the time of this recording, but now is out there. He plays bass in the new band Seltzer. So for anyone who's not familiar, go listen to Seltzer. But also go listen to Summer Blue. I cannot get over the big three. Amazing. Great band. I I, I, I will tell everybody that I love that band. So please listen to Summer Blue. Support Natural Human Instinct. They're going to be down here in the IE Rancho Cucamonga. Right. When I think of Rancho Cucamonga, I think of the nitty gritty. I think of uh, being in Rialto, just sleeping giant, just crazy throwback shit. Uh, seeing rotting out at uh, the nitty gritty. 
insane. I saw, I once saw Sleeping Giant in the parking lot of Guitar Center. I forget what city it was. Maybe it was in Redlands or something. But we saw Sleeping Giant in the parking lot of Guitar Center. And it was the first show that I had my cast off because I, I broke my hand. I, I punched somebody. I, I broke my middle carpal bone. I was in a cast for a really long time. And to be able to finally have it off and go to my first show, I was like, finally, I, I can mosh normal, not worry about hurting my hand because I had like pins in my hand holding my bones in place. Uh, that was awesome. So we saw Sleeping Giant in the parking lot of Guitar Center. And then that night at the nitty gritty, it was like Sleeping Giant, Thick as Blood, Seven Star, and a whole host of other bands. It, it, it was awesome. So I always have very fond memories of the Inland Empire when it comes to hardcore. Because m- my early days of hardcore were all spent in the IE going to Showcase. I saw uh, so many bands at, at Showcase. I've seen Terror there. Um, what else have I seen there? Throwdown. Throwdown at Showcase might be... Uh, one of the most epic nights, right? Two nights, I, I forget what year, it was probably 2003, 2004, Third Down is playing the showcase two nights in a row. Uh, we're hardcore kids. I'm high school. I'm, I'm in high school. I'm poor. I don't think to buy tickets ahead. So we show up to night one and we're like, shit, it's sold out. So we're like, fuck it. We're just going to draw X's on our hands, right? Because that's that, that was their sign for re-entry. It was just had a black X on your hand. So we... Uh, tried to sneak in. Uh, all of us got kicked out except for one of our friends, and he enjoyed like the whole show up until Throwdown. And he's like, "No, fuck this! Like, let's just buy tickets for tomorrow and come back." And that's what we did, and, and it was so awesome. So shout out to Showcase Theater. Shout out to End of Time, Crown Town, uh, Rialto. The um, what was that venue called? It was by the train tracks that Randy used to book. The RMC, if I remember correctly, so many. Crazy shows. We saw um, a lot of Seventh Dagger bands. Waking the Cadaver played there, if you guys remember that band. So many cool shows. But shows at the RMC were always like fests, right? You would think, oh, there's uh, a show going on at the RMC, but you knew you're literally going to a fest. There'd be like 12 or 13 bands on a bill. I was like, Jesus, this is insane. Why do people do this? But looking back, it was insane. It was fun. So I love the Inland Empire. Shout out to, to Riverside, right? Shout out to SOS Booking. Used to do shows at the the Pharaoh's Den. I got to see Bitter End, Kids Like Us, the Mongoloids up there. Uh, the first time I ever saw Backtrack was, was down there. Cruel Hand. So many, so many awesome members in the IE. The IE is an awesome place for hardcore. It, it always has been. And I'm always so proud to see someone like Braxton from Shred Bundy, Zulu, repping it hard because the the IE for people who don't know these days, it, it has a rich history and there's always cool stuff going on down there. So I'm happy to be able to travel down there in about 10 days from this episode coming out to see uh, Big Boy, Done Deal, and Natural Human Instinct. It's going to be amazing. So please hit pause, right? Hit pause before the episode starts. Head over to Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Bandcamp, YouTube, wherever you listen to your music, listen to Natural Human Instinct, Stage One. Go listen to Summer Blue, the Big Three. Go check out the older Eightfold Path tracks because there's new ones coming. And then come back here and enjoy my conversation with Matt. It was fun. 
And it's always a pleasure. I love what they have going on up there in the Bay. It's amazing. So please strap in, enjoy this conversation without further ado. Welcome, Matt, to the show. podcast matt how's it going good man how are you i'm, I'm doing good this is uh, awesome I'm, I'm stoked to have you on the podcast so I, I appreciate you taking the time to do this today so thank you of course dude yeah anything anything for you bro hey i i appreciate that that, that definitely means a lot to me i, I want to go back to uh, which i'm pretty sure is the last time we saw each other i, I was walking out of a k barbecue restaurant in buena park uh, Beck Jong and you know I, I'm there with a, a, a homie and this is probably my favorite K barbecue spot in the world and I don't think I'm gonna know anybody there besides like the people that I go with so like when I'm walking out of this restaurant and I hear somebody call my name and I turn around because I'm I'm confused I'm like who the hell's who the hell knows me over here yeah. and I turn around and it was you and it was like a, a nice surprise uh, but I'm just curious. Um, uh, how do or do you frequent that spot or how did you end up at that restaurant because seriously it's like one of the best k barbecue spots like in yeah, my opinion i dude that's my favorite korean barbecue spot like ever period and like i don't even eat korean barbecue when i'm up here in the bay because i know that it won't even compare to that restaurant so i'm like i'm not even gonna try but um when my girlfriend moved down there to go to school she took me there and i was like dude and i and i i never really like cared for it before that mm-hmm. and I was like hooked and like I'd go down there to visit her pretty often and and every time going to that restaurant was like mandatory so the day I ran into you I was with my girlfriend and her family and she had just graduated and she was uh, they're like oh where do you want to eat and she's like oh let's go there and I'm like you already know I'm on board so I'm like hell yeah let's go and then we get there posted up waiting for a table and I'm like right, I'm gonna use the restroom real quick and then I walk in and I see this dude with pink hair and I'm like well, that's like, you know, you have bright head, you know, I'm walking down and I'm like, oh shit, yo, I know that guy, but you were with your friends. So I don't want to bother you. So I went outside and I was like, yo, like there's someone in there that like, I know, like, and I, I told her like, oh, remember like that podcast I did a while ago with Adrian and she's like, yeah, and I'm like, oh yeah, that, so the person who did that is eating inside right now. And then you walked out and I was like, oh, yo, what's up? And then that, yeah, small world though. Yeah. Yeah. Such a trip. And yeah, and obviously I, uh, I didn't even know you had a girlfriend uh, that was down here. So like when you like briefly explained to me why you were there uh, th- this whole time, I-, I assumed that she was from down here. I, I didn't know that she was from um, up in your area. Yeah, no, she just like she went to the high school, right? Like next pretty much our, our neighboring school and it's in the same district and everything. But she moved down there to go to UC Irvine and mm-hmm. she was down there for, I think like a year, a little, maybe a little longer. I'm not sure. But yeah, that spot was. That was the frequent, uh, the go-to. Yeah, dude, I it, love that spot, dude. It, it, it it's so good, and I'm so happy that uh, you know we, we can bond over it because I, I I tell people uh, about it, and uh, most people that I talk to, 
they're uh, they're like a little more comfortable with going to like the bigger chains, ones that they're more familiar with. And yeah. uh, and when they find out that this one's not all you can eat, I'm just like, hey, it's fine. Like the portions, like the, the, there's different <laughs> there's different sizes that we can pick from. But just trust me, they know what they're doing in there, and it's it's amazing. Like anybody that I've ever taken there, they've they, they've been like converted. They're like, dude, this place is amazing. Yes, I, I I usually go to the other location. It's not in Buena Park, but the the graduation was near Buena Park, like closer to Buena Park. Okay, but I've been all over the place. They're kind of scattered. I went to one in LA, town mm-hmm. in LA. Yeah. And then I went to one, or I, I would usually go to the one that was closest to us. And it was like, I forgot where it was at. It was somewhere in Orange County. And it was right next to an H Mart. That's all I remember. And there was like a boba spot there too. That's pretty good. Yeah. But that was always, dude, that's mandatory, bro. That's mandatory. Hell yeah. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate the Korean barbecue talk, but uh, we're, we're here today because obviously you're uh, doing uh, some awesome music. But I, I want to talk to you about all the bands. Uh, but but I want to start off with uh, Eightfold Path. Is there anything new going on in that camp, or uh, yeah, um, what, what, what's going on with that? So uh, we didn't really do anything for a long time, and you know we've been sitting on like a couple songs that we had, and um, once the ball ball started rolling with like the other bands, I was like, okay, I guess let's roll with it and see what happens. <clears throat> but then everyone's like, oh, what happened to Eightfold? And I'm like, uh, we have music, like we have songs. It's just waiting to be recorded. So. I don't know when this is going to come out, but it's June 5th and we're recording in like on June 9th and 10th. Mm-hmm. So we have two songs that are going to be done um, within those two days and we're recording with Toshio. And then um, that's pretty much it. And we'll see what happens after that. But I, I didn't want to do like work on too many songs because I feel like nowadays the attention spans a little smaller. And not only that, it's it's kind of hard to write like more than three songs. Like, you know, it's it's pretty it's a challenge you know i used to be like on go mode but i don't know these days it's harder for me to like write a song and it's just i come into a lot of like obstacles but um yeah so two songs are going to be recorded in like a couple days um so that's pretty much where we're going with that okay well i'm I'm happy to hear that because i'll see yeah things have been a little quiet over there so it, it's really cool to hear yeah. that uh the, the thing hasn't stopped because obviously I've, I've been a fan of uh, even your band before that so it, it's, it's cool to see that project still going and to hear that you guys have something new uh, that you're going to record very soon yeah that's coming up really soon i'm, I'm actually really excited because the new songs are like uh I, I would i would say a lot heavier on some aspects but overall i feel like it's gonna it's gonna come out sick i think it's cool Okay, and obviously, up in your area, the scene is crazy, right? Uh, it's, like, there's like so many bands that are taking over the world, and th- there's like you know a, a lot of eyes on what you guys are doing up there. But it, as far as uh, something like Eightfold Path, who uh, has been around but uh, took a little break, do you think it'll be easy for you guys to kind of get back into that fold and uh, you know make some noise and have people remember who you guys are? Um, I mean, I I, I think so, but at the end of the day, I feel like. The reason why I started doing a lot of other bands is because it wasn't that I wasn't satisfied with Eightfold, but I, I felt like I wanted to try doing a different style of hardcore that was not really on the whole like metallic side, you know, where it's like crazy, like, you know, up the fretboard, like riffs and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I wanted to do something more simple. So I feel like, I don't know, the attention was there at first. But it kind of slowly just slowed down. And once it started slowing down, I was like, ah, I guess I could try doing something else. 
But um, I don't know. I guess only time will tell if people like want to hear it or not. You know, I, I really don't know how people feel about it. I don't go around asking and a lot of people don't come up to me and ask like, you know, hey, what's up? Like, you know, either. So I guess we're just gonna have to wait and see what people think of the new songs. And if they like it, cool. If they, you know, if they just skip over it, that's cool. I tried, you know, <laughs> so. And it, you're going to record these new songs and is the goal to try to do a little more with the band or are you just going to be happy with putting out new music? Well, I, I honestly, I just want to put out new music. And then if we start playing shows like more consistently, I, I want to play those new songs live. because I think they would translate really, really well. I think they're like, like I said, they're kind of heavy. So I love watching people like beat each other up. dude. It's the best. Like I, on breakdown and stuff, I live for that shit. So, I mean, hopefully it'll, you know, it'll do well. You know, but it all depends on what people think. And you mentioned you're going to record them in a couple of days from now. And is it going to be an immediate, uh, you know, release, or are you going to uh, try to do like a, a rollout for it? Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like an immediate thing. Once we, I, I, now that you say that, I completely forgot that we haven't even done anything to like start on art. So as as much as I want it to be like a turnaround, it's like hella fast after you record. I forgot that yeah, art exists. So I mean, it might take a while, honestly. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think we're gonna be going with like trying to like hit people up and be like, "Hey, you want to put this out for us or whatever." We're probably just gonna do it ourselves and and just go from there. Okay, for sure. Well, I, I appreciate that update. Uh, but moving on yeah. to one of your newer projects, uh, NHI. Did you prefer NHI or Natural Human Instinct, or it doesn't Dude, matter? People, like people say NHI, people say Natural Human Instinct. I just say NHI to abbreviate it, but mm -hmm. I mean, I don't really like mind if people call it anything, I, you know, it's whatever. Okay. So either works, but either uh, or. yeah. How did that band come together? Uh, whose idea was it to, to start that? And um, who is behind like the whole uh, creative process behind the music? Um, yeah. I, so I was like, uh, I, we we're doing eightfold, right? Obviously. And then I was demoing songs that like, like I said, like I wanted to kind of start trying to write stuff that was not not something I would usually write where it's like very like using high pitch notes and like maybe some harmonics and stuff. I, I kind of wanted to stay away from that because I feel like while it is hella cool, I think it's hella cool to do that stuff. I feel like a lot of people can find it a little distracting from just like just raw hardcore, you know, because people always say like, oh, it's, it's metallic, you know, or like, oh, it's on the it's like borderline metal or something. And I just wanted to do something that was like, okay, this is this is a hardcore band, like this is just hardcore. So um, I started demoing some stuff, some ideas that I had, and then I would hit up Saeed and we like like trying to go over them. <laughs> and then I figured, okay, I want to do vocals for this band, and and that was a long process too because I didn't know what style I wanted to do. I still don't know what style I like I want to do honestly, and it took me forever to like find that perfect range where I can like yell consistently, but not like hurt my voice or like, you know, have hella strain. Mm -hmm. Cause I'll be like, I, when I was demoing the songs, I'll do like one solid take of like vocals on top of the instrumentals. And it was a different style of vocals. And like, by like the third bar in the song, you can hear my voice like, <laughs> starting to crack and this just doesn't sound good. So that, that was a long process too. It took about like a, a year to try to like figure out what my voice can do. And then, um, when I decided like I want to do vocals, I, I hit I hit up um, Chris, who played it out of pocket, and he does vocals for that band Done Deal too. Mm -hmm. Shout so, out Take Ten Records. Yeah, so um, I hit him up and I was like, "Yo, you, like you want to be down? Like you want to like jam these out and see what happens?" 
And he's like, fuck yeah, I'm down. And he was never even like hesitant, like, oh, I'll let you know or I'll hit you up. He was like from the gate, like, fuck, let's do it, dude. And I was like, all right, sick, let's do it. And then I just told Said and Eric, I'm like, you guys, you guys want to do it? And they're like, fuck it, just do it. <laughs> so, yeah. That's nice to find somebody like that because to, 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 to get someone who's on board makes things so much easier because I've been in situations where I'm trying to start a band or you know keep a band going and it's just like obviously it's not uh, certain people's priorities, which makes it that much more difficult to get everybody on the same page to try to get uh, just a practice together, let alone, let alone even yeah. like a show. So it, it, it's cool to hear that he was like, you know, super down from the very beginning because that makes the whole process a lot easier when someone's actually willing and wanting to do something like that. Yeah, I I think it, it helps too, like because we have a band of like four people, at least up here in the Bay, a lot of the bands that are around is like the brainchild of one person and they'll just take an idea and run with it. And like, obviously they're going to be like, Hey, what do you guys think of this or that? You know, like the ideas they have and they'll get like input. But for the most part, I feel like a lot of like bands that are like really successful, at least from in this area, have that one person who just like always wants to like, you know, like clog out ideas or just fucking keep going. And um, I think Chris being like hella down makes it like that much easier. Cause I already know Saeed and Eric will tell me what what's good and what sounds bad. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they just roll with the punches and like, you know, we just get shit done. So Chris coming in, he's the same way and he'll come up with riffs and he'll tell me what sounds good, what sounds bad. But everyone's pretty much on the same page when it comes to like art direction or like style, which I think makes it like a hundred times more easier. Cause when you have people who are like, you butt heads, you know, you're not really like on board with each other's ideas. And it's like, damn, you know, this band's not really going anywhere if we we can't even fucking write a song. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. especially if, you know, yeah, you guys have like opposing ideas on the vision of the band that yeah. obviously can cre- obviously it's going to create riffs. And like you said, make things a lot more difficult than it should be or, or needs to be. So, yeah, it, it, him being on board with like and just being a down ass like, dude, like it makes things so much easier. That's awesome. And from the like writing of the record, uh, how long did it take to put together first stage? Dude, I don't even remember. Like, I remember demoing stuff and I could probably look at my phone to see the like what the demos, like what the dates were. But it was a really long time. It took longer than I, I anticipated and wanted it to, honestly, because I, I demo stuff on GarageBand and I just record all the instruments and then I like glue them together. And then I'll like come up with lyrics and stuff, but I didn't really have any solid lyrics. So the demos, like demoing it out, like all of it probably took like, I want to say like half a year. And then the next half of the year was like, okay, we got to book recording time. And after we booked the recording time, I only did the instrumentals because I wanted to go home and, and sit with it and try to write the lyrics over like, you know, the tracks. Cause they're already like laid down. They're done. And then that took a couple more months to have to go back and record vocals. And then we had to wait for art too. So that took a while. But um, I mean, overall, it was a long, pretty long process. But I'm pretty satisfied with the with the like the outcome of it. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I'm I'm super into it. I'm happy to hear that you're willing and wanting to, you know, get the tracks and take them home with you to actually sit down and uh, write some good songs. Because I, you know, plenty of instances where people go in and they'll just write something down and that's the song, which is fine. Yeah. Sounds cool. But for you to want to actually take the time and write something more meaningful, I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, so like another thing, too, is like 
I demo the songs in, in a way that's like, it's not set in stone. Like the, the it just like, I don't know how many bars are going to be of this part versus like this part, you know? So I can't write lyrics to that because it's not, it's not solid. But once I go in and I record like, and it's, it's laid down, it's done. You can't change it. So you might as well just build around that instead of building around the demo. You know what I mean? That's the way I think about it at least. Yeah, for sure. Because you, you could be writing lyrics to a part that's not you know, the, the actual length when you're you know finishing <laughs> it up. And then, <laughs> yeah, so it's going to kind of mess up the whole flow and some things might not make sense. So, no, I definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, and then I, I'm curious about the art. I I, I really like the the art for the record that uh, you know shiny me- metallic vibe. Uh, whose idea was that? Um, it was I wanted to do something like simple and very like a uh, not trying to portray any like dark imagery. You know what I mean? Okay, and just keep it very like um like blank slate as possible, so you don't really know what you're gonna be listening to going into it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I honest, at first I wanted to do that same lettering, the Chrome style lettering, and I wanted to throw it on black. So like a black background with the, with the lettering. But the problem with that was the, the girl, the lady who did the art, uh, she, I told her I wanted it on black paper. Right. And the thing is she has to draw it. So that thing is hand drawn. Oh yeah. It's like digital or anything. Mm -hmm. And when she started, she's like, Oh, you wanted it on black. I fucked up. I put it on white on like this. It wasn't even white. It was like a yellow, like a tannish looking paper mm-hmm. that like, she does tattooing and stuff. And um, so she put it on this other color paper. And I'm like, Fuck, like, I don't know how it's going to look. And I don't want to be that guy telling the art, like, you know, cause it's commission. I don't want to be like, Hey, I, you fucked up. You know, like I, I, I want to change it. Mm-hmm. So, damn. Like I, I, I said black though. And she's like, She's like, yeah, but uh, and then she starts saying, like, I think it'll look better. And like, I think it'll it'll stand out more because if it's on black, the the lettering, the color won't show as well. And then I was like, all right, you know, like, I guess I'll just roll with it. It's not really what I asked for, but I'll roll with it. And that was honestly the biggest blessing in disguise, because if I did it on black, I think I would like be like kicking myself to this day because the white looks so clean and it just looks hella proper. But that mistake and and I was like, okay, I guess I'll just roll with it. Um, I think it definitely like looks cooler. So I'm just gonna like, you know, I'll take it as a win, you know. Yeah, and now that you mentioned the, that you're going for uh, like no dark imagery, just wanted like a, a clean slate for people to kind of just not yeah. really know what they're getting themselves into. I think with the white, the, the, that definitely does play into it because obviously, you know, you think black, you think dark and who knows what it could be. So yeah, w- yeah. W- with the white, I, I think it definitely does work. Yeah, but I am curious when you're I'm you know asking the artist you know for the artwork, uh, why go NHI versus the the actual words natural human instinct? I wanted it to be like because I feel like if you write, well, one I mean if you if you write the whole thing, it's probably going to be a lot more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for sure. Lettering is kind of hard to do. You know, you got to do it three times with three big words. And no, but honestly, I, I just wanted to like make it look as, like I said, like ambiguous, like what the hell is NHI? Like over here, like it's a very like big Vietnamese population. So everyone comes up to me and I'm like, hey, yo, knee. Cause it's like, that's a Vietnamese name. It's like, hey, knee, I listen to knee, knee. And I'm like, yeah, it's just, but it's NHI. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, oh, right, right, right. It's not knee. But um, I just wanted it to be like open to any kind of interpretation. And it's, 
it is i mean people take it and they run with it they call it i i hear knee at least like three times a day so okay. it's funny but yeah yeah no i, I that's the first time i'm hearing that people pronounce it like that uh, the, yeah. the, that is interesting. And who has that artwork? Did, did you let her keep it or did she give it to you after she was done with it? Uh, she she sent me. Um, I, I'm not in my room right now. I'm in my girlfriend's room. But she sent me a what's it called? The actual like um, the original one. I'm pretty sure it's the original one. And then a, a, another one that was a copy of the original one. And she did some other like cool art and like as a, just a, a suggestion. Mm -hmm. I was like, OK, but I ended up going with the original one. Um, so she, yeah, she did send it to me and it, it's in a frame in my room right now. Yeah. Okay. That, that's awesome. I'm, I'm happy to hear that you have that original art piece because whenever something's, uh, you know, hand drawn or painted, I, I think it's cool when the you know person from the band actually gets to keep it. Yeah, no, I was hell excited because she sent it to me and I was like, oh yeah. And honestly, like if you look at it in person, it, it almost feels unreal. Like it doesn't look like it's like the art, like, oh, this is, you know, this is that. It just looks hella different because it is on a different color paper too. I, we had to like edit it to make it have a white looking background. So we, I scanned it and everything. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, no, it, it looked really cool. And it's in a nice frame in my room. And then underneath the frame was like, I have some, uh, the eight fold, like seven inches there too. So it's, it's nice. I, it, I keep it by my bed just to look at it. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you released first stage, uh, at the end of December last year, which seems forever ago. Um, yeah. uh, how was it to finally put it out after working on it? Um, you know, getting the band together and the whole writing recording process. Uh, what was it like to finally get it out at the end of last year? Dude, it, it felt so good. Like, I honestly like think that I, I love playing like guitar and I love playing drums. But I think this is the most fun I've had being in a band, just being able to do vocals. Because mm -hmm. I could say whatever I, pretty much whatever I want to say, you know what I mean? And move and do whatever I want to do and not have to worry about like, oh, like, I have to focus on what I'm playing, you know? <clears throat> so I, I feel like having it out, like come out finally, I was like, dude, yes. Like finally we start playing shows and doing the part that I think is like the most fun. I want to play shows. So it felt really good. And plus after like a such a long process that was, kind of unexpected because I wanted it to be a shorter process after having it like go on like for like what seems like forever or felt like forever being like able to actually see it like on Spotify. I was like, oh, this is sick, dude. And where does the name first stage come from? Yeah. So again, with the like ambiguous side of things, I didn't want to call it, I didn't want to call it demo. I didn't want to call it like um, demonstration. Like a lot of people are doing these days. And I also didn't want to have like some crazy ass names. Like, to be honest, I couldn't think of anything crazy. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm just going to come up with something simple. And um, do you watch anime? I do. Okay. So I don't really watch anime like crazy. I only love one anime. And if a lot of people who know me know that I love Initial D, I'll fucking ride and die for Initial D, dude. Okay. I, I love that shit. And when I was watching it, I finished the whole series, but when I was watching it, they don't call their uh their like you know first season like season two season one season three they call it first stage second stage third fourth and fifth stage and i was like that just sounds it sounds cooler it sounds like more proper you know it's not like oh, season one it's just like this is the first stage of the, the show this is the second stage of the show you know mm -hmm. i'm like that sounds cool and it almost sounds like it's like bound to evolve you know what i mean it's like this is a, like first stage this sounds cooler so i was like I'm going to roll with that and, and hopefully no one notices. But I mean, I said it out loud, so now people are probably going to notice if they listen. But yeah, that's pretty much where I got it from. 
Yeah, because I'm already I, I, I like that idea because when I read first stage, I'm like, OK, cool. And now I'm thinking like video game terms. And I'm like, there's has to be like second stage, third stage. Yes. I, I hope they continue to roll with that because I, I love when bands have the foresight to do something early on and then keep it going throughout their career. So like when you look back, it's like, holy shit, like they've had this cool idea from the very beginning and they've been <laughs> dedicated to it. Yeah, that's like that's impressive. I don't know if we can keep it up for that long. But bands who do like they're going on like fucking like five, ten years and they got the same idea, but they're still having it like fresh and new. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like props. That must have been a hell of a good idea. Bro. Like, <laughs> like, that's crazy. They're taking it and running with it. But yeah, that's pretty much where I got it from. And then I also I wanted it to be like you said, video gamey. Like I wanted it to be almost like a give it off like a PS2 racing game type vibe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I think it sounds cool. I've never seen the anime uh, initial D, so I, I should probably check it out because it's so iconic. Uh, you know, it's so many uh, cool arcade games. But I have watched, they did a live action Japanese movie. Have you watched it? Yeah, I did watch that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Like, because normally, like, live action anime movies are kind of weird and not that good. Yeah. But when I watched Initial D, I was like, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. And you know what's funny is, is that's the first thing I ever watched of Initial D. And it was at my buddy's house. It was like, it was like midnight. I don't know, like, oh, we, we're bored. We don't know what to do. So he's like, all right, let's go on Netflix. So we go on Netflix. We're all chilling on the couch. And he's like, and my buddy's like super into cars. And he's like, oh, like, they have a live action of this. And he doesn't even watch the anime, but he knows of it. Because I feel like if you're into cars, you're into that. Or you, at least you know of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell is this? I didn't want to watch it at first. I was like, this looks like, this looks hella toy. And he's like, no, I just watch this, see what happens. So he puts it on. I end up going through the whole, we watched the whole movie. And by the end of the night, I'm like, dude, that was fucking sick. And like a lot of people like shit on the live action. And like after watching, you know, the the full like the series, I get why people shit on the live action. But as like an introduction, it wasn't bad. And I was like, this is fucking cool. So I went home and then I just like I had that movie in the back of my head. And I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna try watching it because like it was like a little towards the end of quarantine. There wasn't much going on. And I was like, I'm just gonna see what happens. So I started watching it and I'm not the kind of person to sit down and like watch TV shows or movies or anything. I, I really hate doing that, but I had nothing to do. And I was like, fuck it. And it just snowballed and snowballed. And I mean, I feel like that's how it is with a lot of people who watch anime, it just snowballs. But that definitely was like a snowball effect. And I just became a bigger and bigger fan. And then through that, I got like, I was like super, like I was super into the show. And then they start talking about cars and stuff. And I, you actually learn shit from watching the show, honestly. So then, like, I'd go to him and then we'd be talking about cars and one thing led to another. And like, now I'm like super into cars and we all just have our own car. We just like cruise and stuff. But, but if it wasn't for initial D, I wouldn't be into cars. I wouldn't be like, you know, attracted to that, like whole other culture. Yeah. That's, I'm tripping out because that's crazy that uh, just by chance you saw this movie that was based off an anime and you got super into it to the point where you actually are into cars. That's awesome. Yeah, I went out and I bought a car. Dude. <laughs> yeah, and, Okay, so I was going to ask you, is that what, because um, in your Instagram bio you have, um, is it um, Imperial Garage? Yeah, so that's just the Instagram account that I have for me and then my other friends' cars. So that's like pretty much the, the friend group that I... I, I I'd say I hang out with the most, honestly. Okay. So it's just me, my car, and then all their cars. Yeah. That's crazy. That, 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 okay, well, when I'm thinking in terms of cars, it sounds like an expensive hobby. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
I mean, it, it is what you what you make it, you know. So if you want to dump hella money into your car and, and that's like your you know, your passion, it can definitely like like snowball into an expensive hobby. Mm-hmm. And like certain aftermarket parts are like super expensive. Certain and other parts are like you know not that expensive. It just depends on what you want to put on your car. And um, I have friends who do the like you know minimal stuff, and I have another friend who does the fucking like you know let's go all out and go crazy. So it really just depends, but overall, I'd say it's expensive because I mean, at the end of the day, you still have to do maintenance. That's like unavoidable, you know. So, and for people listening who are curious, uh, what kind of car do you have? I drive a, uh, a Mazda RX-7. It's a 1991 RX-7. It is uh, FC, but it's not the hardtop. It's a convertible. So, okay. And did you have to like uh, go searching for it, or was it an easy find? Dude, uh, so. <laughs> The funny story about that. So I was looking for one for a while. I, I want to say like spring of last year. I'd say like from winter to spring of last year, I was looking for a car just so I could have and like and like work on it and just, you know, chill with my friends. And I came across the car that I have now, actually. But um, it was on Facebook Marketplace. And I'm like, oh, that looks really nice. You know, I should hit them up. It's not that expensive. And they were literally like, I want to say like seven minutes away from where I live. And I was like, dude, it's hella nice. And they're like a rich family up in the hills. I didn't know that at the time. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to bookmark this. I bookmarked the post. And then like a couple of days later, I went to check back and it's fucking gone. And I'm like, damn, like I should have just I should have pulled the trigger and like, you know, took that. And then um, I saw another one. And I was in Livermore, which is like a while away. I think like 35 minutes away from San Jose. And me and my buddy went to look at it. It wasn't really that nice. So I was like, OK, I'm going to pass. And then after that, I lost hope. I'm like, OK, I'm never getting a car. It's just not going to happen. This is the car I want. It's just not, I can't find one. And then I was just on Facebook one day, like Facebook Marketplace. And I saw the, the original car again. It's a red uh, Mazda. And I was like, oh, this is the one that they said they sold, but they're reposting it. So I guess they didn't sell it. And then right then I was like, yeah, I can't lose out on this opportunity. So I was like, fuck it. I was like, I messaged them. And I'm like, yo, like straight up, I have no money right now. But I'm down to like save money if you guys are down to hold on to the car for me. And they're a really nice family, and they're like, uh, "Yeah, we can we can hold on to the car." So um, I go, I check out the car, I look at it, it's nice. I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I'm gonna do it." So I gave them like, I gave them a thousand dollars. I was like, "I'll give you five hundred today. I'll come back next week. I'll give you five hundred, you know, the next next week." And then in like a couple months, I'll have all the money. And they're like, "All right." So that's what I did. And I I took the car home in October, and I think I made that deal in like I want to say August. Around August, yeah, that's wild. And uh, obviously, like I don't know anything about cars. So, like when you're going up there to look at this car, um, are you like super knowledgeable, or did you have a, a buddy who uh, knows cars to, to help you out, or like how that whole situation you get sorted so, out? Yeah. So, like, I was like, "All right, who wants to come with me to look at this car?" Because I didn't want to go by myself. It's kind of weird. And uh, my friend is like, "Yeah, I'll go." And he's super knowledgeable. I mean, they're all pretty knowledgeable about cars, but he was like, "Yeah, I'll go." So, um, he's like, "All right, cool, let's go." And then my other friends like, okay, let's just go. Let's just, like, I'll go with Matt. And I'm like, all right, like, you know, five dudes rolling up to this dude, like this dude's house might be kind of like, you know, a little excessive, mm-hmm. yeah, like from their point of view. And they're like, nah, it's chill, it's chill. <laughs> like, all right, fuck it. So we all hop in my car and we go. And uh, we were just looking and stuff. And the, the owner was really nice. He was like this, this older, not older, but it's like middle-aged dude. And um, he lived in a very nice neighborhood that's like up the mountain, pretty much like down the street. And um, his house was expensive. He had a Tesla in his garage and he had the, the Mazda just sitting outside. 
underneath the tarp. And I'm like, dude, and it was in really good condition. So yeah, I took my my buddies up and we went to look at it. And then I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it. That's awesome. And uh, now do you have two cars or do you just like get down to one? So yeah, now I have um I have a civic that I drive every day. Mm-hmm. Then um on the weekends I'm pretty much only using my R seven. Okay, cool, cool. All right, yeah, well, I wasn't sure if the Mazda was like your, your daily after getting it. Yeah, no, definitely not my, my daily because it's just, I feel like it's, I don't want to say it's unreliable, but I mean, I don't want to put it through like hell and back every day, you know, driving to work. And I know I'm done with school now, but like, you know, a couple months ago, like driving school, work, everywhere I got to be, it's like, and it's a two-seater convertible. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not very practical, you know, there's not enough space, so just something to like ride around in when I'm bored. Yeah. Yeah. All because of initial D dude, straight up. All because <laughs> of initial D. That's so awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I just love that story. That that's so cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, so getting back to, um, natural human instinct, uh, you guys have a, a run coming up. Well, you, you guys uh, have a show tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? No. Yeah. 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 We have a show tomorrow. In, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. June. Yeah. In sack. Yeah, and you guys have a show tomorrow. That's with Drive Bomb. Shout out to Baltimore. Yeah. Shout out Flat Spot Records, yeah, which is cool. Um, but I, I'm more excited uh, because it's actually coming down to my neck of the woods. You guys are uh, doing a run, which I'm like super excited for. Um, with uh, now I'm drawing a blank. Uh, we're doing with, it with a big boy and done deal and done deal. Yeah. Yeah, and and I was happy because when I looked at the date, obviously, it's super normal for people to to come down and play uh, Los Angeles, play San Diego, play Orange County. But when I saw that you guys were heading to the Inland Empire, you guys were playing Rancho Cucamonga. I was like, holy shit, this bill makes perfect sense for what's going on out there right now. Because I'm not sure if you've seen a lot of those videos, you know, being filmed by Steven 197 Media and people just going crazy like like yeah. the like heavy shit down there and like watching those videos and seeing this package hit that area i'm like okay this is going to be a fun night so I, i'm definitely rolling out to that but i just thought it was perfect and i'm super stoked that it's hitting that area like i'll say i would love it in orange county but it's just cool to see um you guys actually go and show love to the inland empire because they've been doing cool shit for years and shout out to people like braxton who plays in Zulu wise Fred Bundy, he's repping the IE every day. So for, for you guys to, to go down there, I, I thought that was awesome, but I am curious, uh, how did you guys end up getting a date down there versus like I said, LA or orange County or San Diego? Yeah. So it's funny that you say that. Cause like, dude, again, like little mistakes go a long way and like mistakes on, on my part. Like I was, I was telling you about the, the NHI art, mm-hmm. the mistake that ended up being a blessing. I was telling Brandon from Big Boy, I was like, dude, like, um, because he was like, oh, yeah, we should go like play these shows. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, where should we hit up? And I was thinking what you were thinking, like, okay, we'll go either, you know, Orange County, like program, or we'll go somewhere in LA or like San Fernando Valley to um, uh, midnight hour, Mm -hmm. like San Diego and stuff. And he's like, nah, nah, let's do something like different. Let's do like, uh," and he said Berkeley at the Gilman. And then he said Fresno. And I'm like, okay, I haven't gone to Fresno in a long time for a show. I don't remember the last time I went. I think probably 20, I want to say 18. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, Fresno. And then where else? He's like, let's go to Rancho Cucamonga. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, like, I haven't, like, 
that name sounds fake to me. Rancho Cucamonga. I was like, okay, like what's what's happening over there? And I I knew that they were having shows and stuff over there, but I just didn't grasp like how like popping it was. And then I was like seeing videos. I'm like, holy shit, like this is popping. Like they're actually getting down over there. You know, it's not like because everybody usually would just like you said would go to L.A. or they'd go to like Orange County. And I told Brandon, let's go to program. You know, that that'd be dope because I haven't played programming forever. And he's like, nah, let's go to the Inland Empire. And I'm like, okay, like like where do you want to go? And he said Rancho. And I'm like, do you have like I haven't, I've only passed through that. I've never actually stopped there. Like what's over there, you know? And he's like, nah, trust, like, dude, it's popping off right now. So if it wasn't for him telling me, like, we got to do this, mm-hmm. probably be going to those spots that, that you were saying, you know, like, like program or like San Diego and stuff. And um, I, I'm actually really excited. I think that show is going to be really cool. And uh, what they're doing down there, dude, it's fucking like, just, I see videos like pretty consistently on Instagram, like on reels or something, you know, I'd, I'd be scrolling. And I'd see this crazy ass show. People just beating each other up. I'm like, dude, this is fucking crazy. Like, they're getting down. And I didn't know it was like that out there until like just recently. But it, it's sick. And I love it. I'm, I'm like, I'm hell excited to do that, honestly. Yeah, I, I'm excited to, to go and check it out because I haven't had a chance to go to any of those shows. So to to I'd see those videos and know um, what it's like going down there, because I, I, I've been to a ton of shows in the Inland Empire back in the day. Um, but I've just, uh, you know, been obviously more focused on, uh, traveling and, uh, going to things in LA and orange County. So to be able to go back and, uh, you know, see that there's like this cool thriving scene doing crazy shit. And, and like you said, people like literally going crazy, beating the shit out of each other, which is yeah. insane. Um, uh, but, but, it, but, but I like that. It's like, it, it seems like they all understand that, you know, it's all in good fun. Like nobody's really getting like, you know, butthurt. There's no, like, you know, pit beef. Everybody's there just to, you know, go crazy and have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it seems like a really cool scene that's going on like right now. And I don't want to say right now, cause I, for all I know, it could be going on longer than I fucking, you know, even mm-hmm. started so, you know, all respect to them. Cause that shit's cool. And the fact that it's getting attention now, or like it just started to like show up on my feed, you know. I think it's really cool. I'm, I'm excited to play that show. Yeah, same here. Um, or not play, but I'm, I'm excited to go because. Yeah. Uh, no, don't worry. You'll, you'll hop on vocals. <laughs> Take my spot, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I'm excited to see uh, Done Deal. I, uh, I I'm, I'm stoked. Like I said, I, I'm. I, I'm, I'm a fan of uh, the the label that they're on because obviously I, I'm friends with the guy who runs it. Shout out Dylan, and I, I like their music too. So I'm I'm, I'm stoked uh, to to see a newer band from your area, and obviously Big Boy is awesome. I, I'm stoked to see them getting out and uh, do more. Yeah, Dun- dude. Every time, like, I, I don't remember, I don't remember how many times I've seen Dundee play. It might have been once or twice, but the last time I could think of that I remember was at this spot in Milpita that doesn't really happen anymore. I would book the shows, but dude, like booking shows is is not it. It's just not it, bro. It's it's <laughs> I hate it. You get disrespected. The venue gets disrespected. You have to deal with the aftermath of like the show. It's like it's not it. I mean, but in that, you know, in that like four hour frame that it's happening, it's like, wow, this is awesome. You know, like, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we did all this. And then after it's done, you're stressing out about the hole in the wall and the fucking the couch is ripped up and shit. And you're like, fuck. But they played a show at the spot Milpitas and they popped off. I mean, that, that venue was really like, it was kind of small, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm sure you can find a video on YouTube of it somewhere. It was, it was sick. They popped off and they were like, I think they had just put out the demo, like not even that long before the show. So it was, it was fresh. And, and actually, I don't even know if they put the demo out by the show. My timeline's all fucked up, but they did play and it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. 
yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing them. But now I, I want to circle back, uh, uh, you know, after you have that run with uh, Big Boy and Dundeal, you're doing a, another run with Witness Chamber, uh, who I think yeah. is, is an awesome band. Uh, how did you guys link up with them? Like, where does that relationship start? So I met I met those guys um, in the backyard of Dirt and Danny and Dirt live like downtown. OK. And I, I we they put on a show there in their in their backyard and like a, like a obviously outside and it was like a very it wasn't supposed to be like a very big show it was like a smaller show but witness chamber was coming through to san jose and they're like okay let's have them play this show and it was a good show it was it was a, it was a fun show but after the show um i was just sticking around because eightfold played and i was cleaning up or whatever and then i was talking to i forgot who it was in witness chamber i was talking to one of the dudes and i, I don't remember who but and then the whole band pulled up and we just started having a conversation and um and they're really nice guys yeah and and we we were talking for a, honestly like a hell of a long time and they're like all right like you know what's the best food here like or like is there any uh vegan spots i think all of them are pretty much vegan or i, I want to say vegan or vegetarian i'm not sure but i'm pretty sure vegan so um yeah we had a long nice conversation and then um that was the last time i ever really saw them and talked to them but uh they were really nice guys and then um when we wanted to go up to, oh no, yeah, they, so they hit up Eightfold Path because of that, like, you know, we talked to them, we, we know them, and they hit up Eightfold and they're like, oh, like, you know, do you guys want to come up to the Northwest, Pacific Northwest? And um, Saeed doesn't have his passport. And one of the dates was in British Columbia in Canada. Mm -hmm. They're like, fuck, like, we, we would, but we don't really have anybody to play drums because our drummer, he doesn't have a passport. And Saeed plays drums in NHI too. So they're like, okay. And then um, Adrian's like, you know what? Ask NHI. I'm, I'm sure they'll be down. And then they hit us up. And they're like, are you guys down to go on the run with us? And Saeed's like, you know what? Like, I can just tag along. I don't have to go to Columbia. I won't even fucking like touch the drums. Like, Adrian can just roll with us and fill in on drums. And I was like, all right. And Adrian's down. So I was like, all right, fuck it. So I think when we go up there, it's going to be um nhi but instead of saeed he's playing drums it's going to be adrian playing drums and saeed's going to post up with us and then when we go to canada we're just going to drop him off his aunt lives in portland so we're just going to drop him off there and go to canada okay come back so he can get some family time in while you guys are up there real quick exactly it's a win-win <laughs> yeah for sure now uh and hopefully he uh he'll get a, a passport soon to be able to do some international stuff with you guys because I, I think that would be cool to you know yeah, be able to cross over He's trying right now, and um, Jarrett, who plays bass in Dundeal, and he played bass like at Birmingham, mm -hmm. he, um, he, I, I'm not sure if he had a passport prior or not, but um, they have like the expedited service where you can like if you, if you call two weeks in advance before your travel and you tell them, hey, like I need a passport, it's coming up fast, you know, I didn't have a chance to like schedule an appointment, and I, I gotta go, you know, and they'll say like, oh, what's the reason, and Jarrett. I guess he's, he told Saeed, I, I booked the passport schedule. Um, I scheduled an appointment for, for Saeed to go into the office. I'm like, because he was kind of lost. And I just recently like did it. So I remember how it goes. So I booked it. And he's like, yo, should I still go and get my passport like at this appointment and wait like, you know, weeks? Because Jared just told me that he called two weeks ahead of the of the show that they were going to play in Canada. And he told them, hey, I, I need to go to Canada for you know this reason. And they're like, all right. And they sent him a passport like like that 
And I was like, I don't know if that's the safest idea. Cause I mean, like it might not work for you. I mean, it worked for Jared, but it might not work for you. And then he texts me back. He's like, yeah, bro, I didn't go to the appointment. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's hope it works for you that I'm praying. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if he gets his passport, that'd be cool. Um, I definitely want to, I want, obviously I'd want him to play over there. That'd be sick. And then I, we went to Japan just this couple months ago and uh, he didn't get to go. So I was like, fuck, like if he gets a passport, not only will he get to play these shows, but we can start traveling, like going places that we want to go to, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's hope I'm going to knock on wood for him because that two week plan is kind of sus. But we'll <laughs> yeah, I, I wish uh, we could hear the phone call recording that Jared did when he got his I know, passport. Like, I want to say like he had like a really good reason, but he's like, I, I showed him the flyer. And I'm like, really? Like that's that's all it took was the flyer. They didn't they didn't say like, hey, who's that doesn't seem that serious. Like, yeah, it's like it's, it's not that serious, but I guess they granted him, you know, the entry or whatever, and it worked. That, that's wild. Yeah, I, I got a passport. Um, at, at the beginning of the year, and I just did the no- the normal like time frame. It that shit took like three months. Yeah, it, I it, I got it like um I think I had my appointment in December, and I had to do my appointment hella far away because there's none in San Jose, so I went to like South SF to do it oh really yeah it was early in the morning I, I had to miss out on work to do it and then um it came like december it came like in february so it took, took quite a while mm-hmm. yeah i didn't know that uh, I, I needed a photo obviously this is my, my second time uh, getting a passport because I, I got one when i was in high school never used it and then I uh, just got uh, or like, I like renewed like my passport, whatever but i, I remember I, I showed up to the post office like hella early and the girls like um because i had like you know my birth certificate like all my like, proper identification and everything and she was like yeah. um she was like i don't see a photo i was like oh i was like i i didn't know i i needed one and she's like uh, she kind of like looks around she's like okay she's like honestly we normally only do photos by appointment but since like you're here early and there's nobody in here i can take your photo it'll take like five oh, minutes that's nice of her yeah oh, nice. yeah so she 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 hooked it up like i still had to pay for it. it's like 15 dollars. i was like that's weird yeah, I, i'm you know i'm paying for my own photo but uh, whatever <laughs> but i was just so happy i was like okay cool because i like uh i was uh you know it was on my day off so i was like okay i, I didn't want to come back so so the fact that yeah, she was able to um you know correct that and help me out i was super stoked yeah yeah. No, I, I, yeah, it's a long process. It's, it's annoying too. Honestly, it's hell annoying. hundred percent. And I got, I'm always curious, like why it takes so long. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's like, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know what they're doing, like, and where it gets, where it even gets sent to. But, uh, um, and it sucks. Cause I, I got my passport when I was, I think 15. Mm-hmm. If you want to renew your passport, it needs to be a passport you got at the age of 16 or, you know, or up. And I, I couldn't renew it, which is like, it, it's a faster process. So I had to apply for a brand new one. So that sucked too. And it's just like a lot of like little, you know, things here and there that you got to read the fine line, you know, so it's like, it fucking sucks. It's annoying. And I'm curious to hear about your Japan trip, because that's been like my dream vacation since I was like a kid. And uh, back in 2020, me and my buddy Johnny, uh, we had our trip planned out. Uh, we had our tickets booked. We we're going in like October of 2020. We were so stoked. We we're going to stay at the Godzilla hotel, do the yeah. robot dinner. I- I'm trying to convince my buddy Johnny to have sex with the robot. He's on the fence about it. But, um, but yeah, but we had all these cool things planned, but then obviously COVID hit and we had to cancel everything. And then, you know, life just gets in the way. Things are different. 
um him and i are still really good friends i i, I talked to him every day uh and every time we're like fuck we got to re redo this so we're yeah. we're, we're gonna um hopefully uh rectify that uh you know huge uh you know bummer of a, a not trip happening hopefully we're, we're gonna try to do it next year and finally make it to japan because he's never been i've never been um but i, I always love hearing about people's experiences when they uh, travel to japan so I, i'm curious about uh, you know why you went and how it was for you dude it was honestly like and the same thing happened to me and, and Eric. We planned out in 2019, the end of 2019, we're going to go to Japan. We're going to go in, um, I think it was from May to June. And it's going to be for like this amount of time. And we had our tickets, everything ready to go. And dude, it was a fat ass group. Like it was, I think, 10 of us like planned out to go. And we all had tickets, like all 10 of us. And looking back in hindsight, that probably would have been a shit time just because there's too many people. Yeah. It's like, way too many like uh planning and logistics going on you know for everybody to be on the same page but um yeah so we're, we were supposed to go and we were ready to go and then uh COVID happened and like it was right in like march and i was like nah dude like it'll be chill like our trip's gonna be in a couple like you know only two more months we got left to go to japan you know and then the whole world just fucking stopped and we're like damn and since that day i've been like literally waiting just waiting and watching to see when japan's gonna open up and uh, once they opened up, I was like, I, no one's fucking holding me back. I'm going to fucking throw it on the credit card. Let's fucking bounce. Let's be out. So I, I booked it. We booked it. And um, it was me and Eric. And we had two other buddies who went with us um, that we've known since like high school, pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, dude, it was so fun. I mean, it was like, I can't describe the amount of like fun and just like appreciation I had being there. And being able to experience all that, it was it was awesome, man. And you get to meet so many. Like, I don't know if like you know you're the kind of person who wants to talk to people like strangers out and about, but I love talking to like strangers, like random people. You know what I mean? Just and just chatting. So I met like, dude, I met so many people, and I, I hitched rides over there too. I hitched like two rides. It was really fun, and it's a safe experience, so it's not like you have to worry about like fucking getting kidnapped or something. You know what I mean? So it was it was awesome. Every second was awesome. And I, I'm curious, uh, prior to you going to Japan, uh, are you like well versed in the language or are you using some sort of app or like how did you manage to um, you know, deal with that barrier? Yeah, uh, so I pretty much knew nothing like um, in terms of I knew like certain things to do over there because I watched like YouTube videos like I watched this YouTuber who like lives in Japan. But I didn't really know any of the language. I didn't know any like um how to get around i'm obviously they take the trains and stuff but it was all kind of like let's just see what happens type of vibe you know so by the time we got there we got our um uh, our luggage and stuff we got to our place funny story is we got to our place at the airbnb and this is this is how unprepared we were like we didn't have any apps that like can read any like kanji or anything and so we couldn't read anything so we get to the airbnb we go inside we follow the instructions to get inside the airbnb but everything's in Japanese, obviously, like the, like the alarm button, like the, so, so we go, it's like a three-story apartment, right? And our apartment is, is a, so there's the ground level, there's a, apartment number one, apartment number two, and then I think like a rooftop, like, um, like just rooftop level, you can like chill on the roof. And our apartment was on the first, on like the, the first one, okay? Mm -hmm. We go and we're like figure, trying to figure out, do they mean first floor? Like, this is the first floor or, or no, they said... We said second floor and like, okay, does this mean like this is technically the second floor, but does they mean like the second floor mm. after you get to the, you know, yeah. the first? So we were going back and forth and we didn't even know who 
if anybody at all was staying in the one of the apartments. So we were just trying on doors and shit. And like, <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's, it's sus, right? And Eric had this idea, like, okay, he saw a fucking big red button. Obviously, you don't press a big red button. And he's and we couldn't find like get the code to get into the door. And he's like, let's just see what happens if I press the big red button. So he pressed it, and the fucking whole building alarm just went off oh, like crazy. No. It was loud, dude. It was so loud. And it was terrifying because uh, alongside the alarm, there's another speaker. And it was some dude speaking Japanese. And obviously, I don't know what he's saying, but he's like, sounds stern. And it's like a, it's like a repeat uh, message that they relay over the alarm. Mm-hmm. And we're like, fuck, what do we do? And the alarm was going off for like a while. And we ran downstairs to the door. We went to the little, there's like a little control panel at the entrance. And we're just, again, it's all in Japanese. So we're pushing these random buttons, like trying to make it stop. And we finally get it to stop. And then it stops for like 30 seconds and it goes back on again. So we couldn't get it to permanently stop. And then we finally, I don't know how my friend did, honestly, but we figured it out. And um, that was the first, I want to say the first like two hours being in Japan. And I was mm-hmm. like, shut up, like, fuck, like it's going to be a rough time if we don't know anything, you know? So I ended up downloading Google Translate and all that shit. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you uh, got Google Lens. Um, oh, so um, it was sorry, I didn't download Google Translate, but there's an Apple um, app that's just called Translate. And mm-hmm. you can take a picture and the picture like just translates everything. Yeah, Google Lens is like that too. Um, like all, uh, you know, because I'm like super into K-pop, and like when I'm trying to read like the thank you section, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this is saying. So I'll bust out uh, Google Lens. Uh, shout out to the homie uh, Carlo in Discord who like put me onto this hack. He's like, he's like, this is what you do. He's like, Google uh, Lens, and then boom, I'll, I'll put it over it, and I'll, uh, it'll just instantly like like live translate it. So I'm just like, now I'm reading it in English. I'm like, okay, cool. Now this makes way more sense to me. Yeah, no, it's those kind of apps are are definitely very uh, they come in clutch, especially at times when you are in like um, I mean if you're in like like Tokyo where it's like a big city, there's gonna be English and there's mm-hmm. gonna be signs that help you out, but <clears throat> when you're out and about like in like you know not Tokyo in like more rural areas, and I went like there's one day where I, I something I hitched like two rides, on that day I went out like way in the cuts like far far far. And um, there was no English like at all. And I asked the bus driver, you know, does this bus take me here? And no English. He just pointed to the sign and he's, he just gave gestures and then he drove off. And I'm pretty sure that was the bus I was supposed to take. So I had to wait like another like 20 minutes to get on that same line. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, dude, it's if you don't have anything out there and you don't understand it, it's 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 manageable. But you got to use your brain a little bit. You gotta, it's like, kind of like a puzzle. So. And and uh, you're you're hitching rides. Where's your friends? Are are they with you when you're hitching rides, or are you just like a solo so, mission? Yeah. So like, uh, we were together for the most of the trip, and we we went to Tokyo for the like, first couple of days, and then we were in Osaka for the next couple of days, and then from Osaka we were visiting like Kyoto, and then back to Tokyo to go home, pretty much for like a couple of days, and then go home. And um, obviously, like there's four of us, and we're like glued together because we're you know we're, we're we traveled together, but um we were like you know let's just do a day where like we all do our own shit because i'm sure we want to see other shit like that you know he may not want to see that he may not want to see mm-hmm. like all right cool like, let's do it and uh we did one solo day in tokyo like when we were actually in tokyo and that was cool but i didn't have a jr pass so i couldn't use the bullet train to go anywhere i, I really wanted to go like far out and then uh when we came back to tokyo before we left i did have a jr pass and i was like you know what like why hold back I'm going to fucking go hella far and see what happens. So there's a cafe 
in this uh, prefecture called Gunma, and it's it's where Initial D takes place. Again, here I go with Initial D. I'm fucking obsessed. So I'm like, you know what? There's a cafe and it's based all around the anime. And I'm like, you know, this, they don't have anything like that in Tokyo. It's only over there. But the problem is, <laughs> it's like a two-hour train, bullet train ride. So it's pretty far. And there's no English out there. Like I was saying, the bus driver didn't speak any English or anything. So I, I went out there by myself. And I was on my own out there. And um, I visited the cafe. And I, I was on Apple Maps. And it said that the bus line, after like it dropped me off the cafe... If I hop back on and continue off the line, it'll take me up the mountain where they like in, in the anime where they drift and they race and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I want to see that. But the bus, after I got the bus, I visited the cafe and I went outside of the bus stop. It said it wasn't going to come for another like hour and a half. And I'm like, fuck, I'm not going to wait out here for a bus, you know, for an hour and a half. I got to go back to Tokyo eventually. So I was just sitting there at the, at the cafe. I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? And I was like, maybe I'll just take the L and, and go back to the train station and just not see the mountain. And this kid pulls up and he's like, he's a, like a, a younger, he's like my age. Like he was 21 and he was this younger looking uh, kid. He was driving a Civic, like an EK hatch Civic. And it was kind of modded out. And like, I was like, oh, it's cool. You know, like looks, he looks like a cool kid. And I was like, I'm going to see like if anyone could take me up the mountain if I, if I asked. And I didn't want to ask Blunt like, hey, can you take me up the fucking mountain? <laughs> so I was like, yeah. So I was like, um, I went up to him and I used Google Translate and I was like, uh, is there any other way to get up the mountain besides bus or taxi? And he stood there and he spoke uh, very good English, actually. And he was like thinking, he's like, I need a bus, take a taxi. There's not many taxis out here. He's like, um, I could I could just, I could take you up there if you want to go right now. And I'm like, you could take me up the mountain like right now. He's like, yeah, I got some free time. And I'm like, all right, bet, let's go. So I hop in his car. And we're driving up the mountain and it's fucking in the Civic. It's all like modded out and stuff. I'm like, dude, this is, this is crazy. And he's driving and he's like going crazy on these turns. It's like the same, like it felt like I was fucking initial D, dude. And he's driving on crazy and he takes me to where I want to go, which is like the start point of like where they race. And I, I, I'm there for like a couple minutes. And I'm like, all right, cool. I get out of the car. And I thought he was going to take me down the mountain. Like that was it. And okay, goodbye. And he's like, all right, now we're going to go see the lake. I'm like, She's like, okay, cool. I'm down there for that. So we go even further up the mountain. We get to the lake. And I'm like, this is sick. Like, this is exactly like the fucking anime. And I feel like a lot of animes do that where they base, uh, you know, the story off of a real place. Mm-hmm. And you can see these places in Japan if you, if you go. So it looked just like the fucking show. And I'm like, all right, cool. I, I'm assuming, again, we're going to go home, right? And there's some people having like a car meet up there and stuff. It was cool. And, um, and he's like, all right, cool. Yeah, let's go even further. Let's go, like, let's go drive down this way. And I'm like, dude, this guy has hella free time. I was like, all right, I'm not complaining. So I hop in this car. We're driving. And then after, he's like, all right, I, I, I got to go now. But um, where do you want to get dropped off? And I'm like, just just drop me off at the JR station. And I'll, I'm going to take the, the train back to Tokyo. And um, and he dropped me off. And we had a good conversation. He was a really nice guy. Um, I got his Instagram. I got a lot of people's Instagram out there, honestly. But um, yeah, he was he was really cool. And for him to do all that, like, again, I was so appreciative of every second. Because I was like, dude. He could have just left me on the side of the road and been like, fuck off. You know what I mean? And uh, when you're going up to ask about, you know, ways to get up the mountain, at any point did you drop that you were there because of Initial D or did he already know? So, I mean, the, the, the whole cafe is based around Initial D. So, I mean, pretty much if you are a fan of the show, you're going to go to the cafe. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless people are just like, hey, man, I like the tofu here. You know, <laughs> like I just want to I just want to go just to like have like a snack or something. They have no idea what the show is. But for the most part, if you're there, you're probably in the cars and you probably know about the show. 
That's so insane. That's so cool to hear that. Uh, I, I'm happy that you, you you took that chance and went by yourself, obviously, because it's not easy to do. Like I know a lot of people aren't comfortable doing things alone, but to do it alone in another country and to have that courage to go up and, uh, you know, um, ask in a I, I feel like in a uh, polite way, obviously, because you could come off like, like a weirdo if you're like, hey, can you take me somewhere? You know, not knowing somebody. So I, I do yeah, like that, uh, that approach that you went with. Yeah, I, I just wanted to like hint at it. I didn't want to be held up front, like, you know, like I said, like take me at the mountain. But um, no, he was, yeah, he was really nice. And then, and that, the, the day doesn't end there because after that, I was only like, I don't know, I want to say like 4 p.m., 5 p.m. I want to say 5 p.m. And um, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go back to Tokyo after you drop me off. And um, and then I hitched the ride again that night. And I, I'll tell you how that went, maybe off air, because I did some stuff that I probably, <laughs> in another country, I shouldn't have done. But okay. we can talk about that later. Okay. But yeah, I hitched another ride later that night, too. So it was really fun. Wow. I met a lot of people. That's so awesome. Okay. And any plans to go back in the future? Because obviously hearing about, uh, you know, your trip and it seems like you had a, like a really great time. Uh, do you want to get back to Japan or do you want to go to other countries? I Yeah. Um. So once I get his passport, I think where we're the goal right now is we're talking about it because he didn't get to go to Japan. Mm-hmm. And as much as I would love to go see another country, I fucking love I, I loved it out there. I was sick. And and I, I saw Dead Heat, too. I met up with Jaina and they played a show in Tokyo and they're playing a couple shows. I think they played Osaka. And um, where else? Yokohama. They played a couple shows. But um, yeah, so he didn't get to experience all that. And I was like, dude, like you you need to, bro. Like it's it's crazy. It's like literally otherworldly. It's like a whole nother fucking vibe. So I think that the goal right now is um, I told Eric, oh, we should go to Thailand because everybody that I met in uh, Tokyo was like, dude, like you guys got to go to Thailand. It's fucking sick. The nightlife is cool. Like, you know, the bars are cool. I don't drink, but I'll just go hang out, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, so I told Eric, I'm like, let's go to Thailand. He's like, yeah, dude, my aunt lives in Bangkok. Like, if you want, I can ask her. Like, if we can crash, I'm like, dude, I didn't, I didn't even know that, but sick. All right, cool. Yeah, like mm-hmm. ask her. So I think the goal is to go to Thailand for a week, and then after that week is up, catch a flight to Japan, which is only like I think like three hours. I want to say maybe a couple hours. And uh, Saeed will be Saeed will be coming with us. Um, to Thailand and to Japan, so he'll experience both. I've never been to Thailand, so I'm curious to see how it is over there. That's awesome. Yeah, I need to uh, do some travel because I, I got this passport um, and I haven't used it yet. But but the plan is we're gonna uh, utilize it. Unlike my last passport, which never got used, I, I got this new one. I'm older. I got my own money. We're gonna do some cool stuff with it. So that that, that that's really cool to hear that you had such an awesome time because because that makes me. Um, you know, uh, happy to hear that, you know, uh, this is another cool story that I hear from a friend that traveled to somewhere that I'm like dying to go. Yeah, dude. I mean, if you can, man, just fucking pull the trigger dude, and do it. And I, I always tell people too, cause like, I think the main thing people are like, Oh, it's not hella money. And it, it is a lot of money, you know, but it's not like an unfathomable, like amount of money where it's like, mm-hmm. dude, you got to be like asking the bank for a loan and shit. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's less than you would surprisingly think, uh, but I mean, it's like anything you get, I guess you like, you make the most of like, you know, what you have. If you don't have a lot of money, you don't have to be going to bougie ass places, you know, and, and doing all these expensive things. And you could be sitting on, you know, on the street and chilling all day. And like, you know, you might not even spend a dime, but still you're in Japan. You know what I mean? Like you can't complain. And, that, and that's why I tell people when I go like, when I used to go to Disneyland a lot, it's like, dude, I know it's a lot of money, but the thing is like, I can people watch all day and I'll be satisfied, you know? So it's like, it's chill. Yeah, I'm actually going to Disneyland on Friday. I haven't been in a minute. 
dude, I haven't been there in a while either. I, I, I miss it. And I, the only reason why I haven't is because I told myself I can't go anymore because if I go, that means I'm taking money out of out of my fun to go to places I've never been. Because I've, I've been to Disneyland like a thousand times, you know, I love mm-hmm. it. But I mean, if you're, if you're using money to go to Disneyland, I want to be able to go other places I've never seen. And, as, and it's like, it pains me, dude, because I fucking love Disneyland. And I'm like itching to go all the time. But I just, I just know that it's for the greater good at the end of the day, I guess. So I don't know. Okay, last thing, I'm taking it back to um, NHI. Uh, last thing, uh, the last song on the record, A Room Full of Mirrors. Um, or, 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 a Room Full of Mirrors. Uh, I, I'm curious, uh, guest vocals by your brother. Uh, what was the thought process behind that? Was he first choice or uh, uh, or do you guys have anybody else in mind? He was second choice. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he was, uh, no, he was the first choice. Um, and I just thought that that part of the song sounds like very i mean it all sounds pretty aggressive but like that sounds like unhinged type aggressive and i know how he can sound when he like goes unhinged mode and i was like dude like that that's gonna sound sick so i asked him and obviously he's down and um it just it just yeah he went in he recorded really quick and it sounded fucking good and i was like yeah let's roll with it so that he was definitely the first choice and um he was on board like from the, right right out of the gate that's awesome to hear. Obviously, uh, friends with your brother, uh, very nice guy. Been on the podcast plenty of times. I'm happy to see him. Uh, tra- he's traveling right now to to see all of his cool and crazy videos. And I didn't even know his uh, his other band, uh, Condition One, was going to be playing shows. Uh, Dude, no, nobody knew. They were like, <laughs> "Fuck, we're all here. Might as well just play." Like, yeah. Yeah, shout out to Condition One, uh, and I always got to give love to Field of Flames. Like I always tell people, like off camera right here, there's a Field of Flames poster. They're going to be uh, down here, uh, I think next month, playing the Indecision Records, like oh, yeah, Thirty Year, which yeah. is super sick. So uh, I'm definitely, uh, you know, uh, loving uh, the fact that uh, he's staying busy doing music, and so are you, because you guys are, uh, you know, consistently putting out cool music. So that 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 that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. And want to move on to your other band, uh, who you know I'm a fan of, Summer Blue. Um, uh, yes. Yeah, I, I reached out to try to book you guys before you even played your first show, um, which is uh, still still the thing. I, I still want to get you guys down here at some point because I, I feel like yeah. uh, anybody that I show Summer Blue to, they're instantly like a fan. They they love the music. Really, that's crazy. Yeah, and I, I, I'm just curious about um, you know how that came together because someone told me that you wrote the whole thing, like like the 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 big three. Was, uh, I can't remember who it was. Is that true? Um, I I don't know. I, I mean, pr- I mean, pretty much. I don't want to be like, oh yeah, I fucking wrote the whole thing, dude. You know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, uh, yeah, pretty much. It was like um, a lot of it was ideas I had of just like that have accumulated over the course of like I don't know. Well, yeah, a couple of years because. I told Tori and she's the one who does vocals um, for that band. Mm-hmm. I told her I wanted to start a band and she was on board, but dude, that was like 20, I want to say 2020, maybe even 20, like 19, but it's, it's been a while. And um, that song, the second song, apathy, I, that song has like straight up been like demoed in my phone for years, like years. And, um, and we tried it out every now and then, but it was always like an on and off thing. And then, um, one day I was like, dude, I, I really want to do it. Like, I think it'll sound cool. Let's just pull the trigger and fucking do it. And at the time I was doing NHI too. And I was like, let's fucking just go all out and, and you know, try to write as much stuff as we possibly can that, you know, it's different, but still interesting. And um, yeah, so she was on board from like day one. 
and you know Said and Eric are fucking, you know, they're like my best friends, so they're on board all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it just it worked out in you know perfect timing, I guess. And uh, Tori or Victoria, uh, is she just a homie, or uh, how did she land the spot for vocals? Yeah, no. Um, so I I've, I've known Tori. Um, that's funny. I haven't heard someone call her Victoria in hell long. I I've known uh, Tori since I want to say like I don't even maybe junior year of of high school. Mm-hmm. She went to the neighboring high school next to like next to ours pretty much and um she we had another friend who um uh we were all, we were all pretty much like good friends as a group but i didn't really get to know her until she started working with me and we had like i think like 10 maybe 11 of us on the roster working at sketchers at, at this place called the great mall here in it's in Mopitas. so she started working at sketchers too and she got told by a friend like hey you should come and work you know like everyone here is all chill like there's this dude named Matt and like Jared, you know, like, and Saeed and literally like, I think 80, 85% of my friend group has been employed by Skechers at one point in time. It's so, and it's a random fucking place, but, um, she was like, all right, fuck it. So she started working there and she met everybody and, uh, we just kind of integrated as a group. And, um, yeah, since then I've, I've just, I've known her, I've been friends with her. So I would say I didn't really like start to get like closer to her and like know her as well up until um sketchers and then we uh, would talk a lot more and stuff yeah. okay well she's as a uh you know on vocals fan of her voice i think it's awesome oh yeah dude, it's hella good um but how does the band come together because uh, when i'm looking at the uh like the the, the layout um but then I, I watch a live video from your first show that seems like there's an extra member uh reese yeah yeah reese yeah reese so Dude, so, um, like I said, Victoria was down, um, Eric and Saeed were down, and uh, when it was time to, like, actually put it out and play shows, <clears throat> Tori was like, all right, yeah, like, um, I don't know how comfortable I feel just doing vocals, like, by my, because she's never been in a band before, one, and she never sang in front of anybody, so it's, like, it's kind of, it's kind of like, intimidating. Mm-hmm. So, she's like, maybe I can just, like, pull the guitar or something. And I'm like, yeah, like, you can play uh, bass, because, you know, bass is usually easier than guitar. And she said, okay, okay. So I gave her my bass and I gave her my amp and I'm like, just practice. I can send you a playthrough and just practice the songs. And a um, couple months go by and she doesn't touch the bass. And we're like, all right, like, uh, fuck, because we have a show coming up. So we got to think, like, how are we going to do this? Um, so I was like, you know what? If you haven't touched the bass, it's fine. Fuck it. We'll just have somebody else come through and, and play second guitar. And... Um, I was thinking like, okay, who'd be down to do that now? That's like another thing, like task. And I was like, okay, um, let me hit up Reese. And I've known Reese for like a couple of years. I think I met him, I want to say 2017 when I had my other band and he had his other band too. Um, and uh, he's his other band was fucking sick. Dude. They, they were a band called Rip. I don't know if you ever heard of them. No, I'm not familiar. They're from San Jose and they have their stuff on Bandcamp too. I'm pretty sure because I know it's on Spotify and I, I still wait for the day that he could put that on Spotify, all that stuff. Because it's so good. I love it. Okay. But um, yeah, so um, I've known him for a while and he's been a good friend and we're like super massive Blink-182 fans. And like anyone knows I'll fucking die for Blink and he will probably do the same. So he was on board and I'm like, all right, fuck it, let's do it. So um, he would come to practice. He played the show with us. <laughs> and then um, 
and we uh that's pretty much it and then now with the show coming up uh again Tori's like dude i haven't fucking touched the bass and i'm like all right reese like you gotta step in bro like are you down so i mean he just he's he's a down ass dude you know so it makes things that much easier when like i said when you have someone who's held down mm-hmm. and he's and i think um i don't know when this is coming out but i think in a little bit there's another project that i that i'm a part of um with reese i'm not gonna say who it is yet because i don't know if it's gonna come out by the time it comes out but um that's like another like uh like a power pop kind of project i think it's gonna be really cool so um reese is still like um actively like making music and stuff and he's a very very talented songwriter so okay well i power pop i'm I'm very curious because i do like that kind of music so i'm uh, looking forward to hearing that but uh you have this uh second show coming up with summer blue um how how do you feel the first one went? Because uh, obviously you guys only have three songs, so the you know, set's not going to be super long. Uh, is it going to be a same set list? Or are you guys adding anything extra to it for the second runaround? Um, I so uh yeah, the thing about it like having three songs, it fucking sucks. It's a short the the set's hella short. But um, for this next set coming around, I think we're doing a, a different uh, variation of um, keep calling it spring. That song March. The last one the acoustic one mm-hmm. um so that's gonna be not as like mellow it's probably gonna be more upbeat just so we can keep the energy going and then we're doing a cover so four songs total yeah that's awesome to hear and how do you like uh, you know performing with that band is, is this something uh that you want to do more consistently obviously uh, you have to juggle your other projects but uh for me being such a huge fan of summer blue in that style uh, is this something that you guys are going to you know, try to pursue and do more since, you know, you, you are having your second show coming up this week? And you know, I, I feel like the more people, you know, discover your guys' music, like the, the obviously the bigger it's going to get just because the music's so good. Thank you. Um, I, I mean, it depends on like what Tori wants to do. I know she just graduated. I mean, we all pretty much just graduated, mm-hmm. but she is like super like, I, I gotta find a job and she's working like for some startup right now and like the hours are kind of weird so i mean it, it's i guess it just depends on on scheduling i'd be more than happy to to you know do more with that band um but yeah it, it just comes down to everybody's schedule but i think that um we could do more because we haven't even made merch or anything we're not like really pushing it hella hard you know but i i mean we just might if people want to or if people want it so We'll see, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I have this thing where it's like, we'll with a band. It's like I feel like I'll just go wherever we're wanted. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's not like I'm like out here like, oh, you know, we gotta play this city and this city, and we need to worry about the demographic in this city. It's like, yeah, it just whatever happens happens. And um, yeah, I I do love playing the shows though. They're fun, and playing that style of music makes me feel like I'm in Blink One Eight Two, and because <laughs> it sounds like. It's fun, you know, it's like it's more fun. It's not as like like angry and aggressive. So um it's just another like style of music that I, I wish I had an outlet for. Or I wished that I had an outlet for it and I finally do, so it, it feels good. Mm-hmm. And uh, playing that first show, obviously, there's going to be a, a lot of support from the hardcore scene. But uh, when you were at that show, could you see uh, like a different crowd, people that you didn't recognize that were into your guys' set? A, a little bit, but overall, I would say like the majority of the people who were there was like, if not like hardcore kids, they knew what hardcore was or they were like affiliated in some some way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's 
San Jose is a, 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 a city where it's like so small. I mean, it's big, but it's, it's small in a sense that like, if you are participating in any um, community or like scene that has any creative like value, it's not like you're going to be completely oblivious to anything else. Like for the most part, the same kids who like, who like I would see at hardcore shows, a lot of them will pull up to like an indie show. Mm-hmm. And those same kids who play the indie shows will probably show up to like a fucking, like a DJ night, you know, like right next to San Jose State where they're like, there's like young kids like getting down and like, you know, that breakbeat type of shit, you know? So it's very like mixed. So the crowd's not super different. There's some differences like, in terms of like uh, the, the demographic, like, okay, like, you know, who's watching us right now? But there's always that like group of hardcore kids that come around in the crowd. And that's just how it is here. Okay. And as far as uh, new music, have you even had a chance to uh, even try to do anything new creatively with uh, Summer Blue? Yeah. So uh, we're actually, I recorded a demo that I think sounds fucking, I'm actually really excited to record. I don't know when we're going to record it, but I recorded a demo of the song and then we started writing another song that I'm pretty, it's pretty much done. So we have two songs right now. And it seems lately I've been going with the two song formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how it works because with Eightfold, we're doing two songs. With Summer Blue, we're doing two songs. And then with NHI, we are going to be recording, I think, three songs. So just a little less. Like, it's less in increments, you know? Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm sure it would probably be a little tough on you since you're working on all three. Uh, it, it, does it ever get hard to uh, you know get those creative juices flowing for something like Summer Blue since it's a, a little different from the other two projects? Yeah, I'd say it's it's like hard to get uh, like the creative juices flowing for Summer Blue, but more for NHI because I feel like I the idea of like, okay, I want to write something that I, I normally wouldn't write. And it's like, fuck, I can't do it. It's like, yeah, because you normally don't write that, you know? So it's like, it's kind of like a, like a um, uh, what's it called? You're in a predicament where it's like, you're trying to just go against yourself, really. Um, I mean, with Eightfold, I can like riff around and I'll, I'll come up with the Eightfold song pretty easily. But for Summer Blue and for NHI, it's, I've been having a lot of trouble lately, honestly. But I mean, I just trying to keep the ball rolling, I guess. Okay. And just curious about, uh, once again, with Summer Blue, uh, not your conventional, uh, you know, demo name, uh, Big Three. Uh, obviously, there's three songs, but what's the idea behind naming this first release Big Three? So, like, uh, well, Tori's, like, super in astrology. I feel like as, as a lot of girls are these days. Okay. Um, and I always hear that, dude. Like, like, if you're at a party or if you're, like, talking to somebody and they're into astrology, they always ask, what's your big three? And I didn't know what the fuck that was. And I was like, what, what do you mean my big three? You know, so I was like, um, I was just, I was like, okay, I don't know what that is. And then they finally explained it to me. I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's cool. You know, it's like, I think it's your, your rising and your, your, um, <laughs> I don't even know, to be honest. Like, I can't sit here <laughs> and bullshit you. I'm not going to lie. But um, it has something to do with astrology that a lot of girls are super into. I know Tori's and Saeed, too. He's really into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my girlfriend's into it. It seems like the whole world's into that shit. So um, uh, when I heard the term Big Three, I'm like, oh, we're doing three songs. I'm like, That'd be kind of cool. And I brought it up to them. And they're like, haha, that's a that's a good like pun. You know, like that's funny because it has like a double meaning. And I was like, no, but I'm dead ass though. Like, what if we call Big Three? <laughs> they're like, uh, yeah, okay, we'll do that. Yeah. And then actually, um, the artwork, fucking awesome, dude. The artwork and the lyrics are done by Reese. He does like art too on the side. So he uh he came up with like the the cover art. I, I supplied like the pictures. But other than that, I just told him like I kind of want this vibe. 
and he rolled with it. So he does really good commissions too. Okay. I know nothing about astrology, uh, but you, you talking about that and girls being into it, uh, dude, I was on this date once and we were, I don't remember where we we're at in LA, uh, but the girl lived in Koreatown and she was just like, you know, we're like getting to know each other. We're like getting like yogurt or something. It's on like healthy spot, yeah, like yeah. whatever. She's like, um, and, and this is like, she like springs this on me. I don't know what the fuck's going on. She's like, Hey, what time were you born? I'm like, what? She's just like, yes, dude, she, yeah. <laughs> she, she straight was like, what time were you born? And I was like, dude, I don't fucking know. And she was like, okay. She's like, this is, this is serious. Is there any way you can find out? I was like, yeah. I was like, let me call my mom. And she has my birth certificate and she'll tell me. She's like, yeah. she's like, do it right now. And I'm just like, I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I'll do it. So uh, I, I call my mom and my mom's hella confused. She's like, why the fuck do you want to know what time you're born? And I was like, yo, I'm sitting here with this girl in LA. She wants to know. And she's kind of hot. So I want to know too. Yeah. Oh, tell me. <laughs> yeah. So my mom's like, whatever. So she, she's like, you know, going through like all like you know, the, the, the paperwork, the important paperwork she has on me. So she, she finds out what time I'm born. And even right now, I don't even remember what time I, I was born. because It's not important to me. So my yeah. mom's like, okay, you were born at this time. So uh, the, the girl sitting right next to me, I'm like, yo, my mom said I was born at this time. And the girl legitimately gets bummed out. She's like, we're not going to work. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, We're literally just getting yogurt. Yeah. Like, like, what do you mean we're not going to work? And she's like, she's like, it's not right. The time you're born, we're not compatible. And I'm just like, I'm like and at that point, I'm like, OK, this is a little too much for me. I'm like, that's fine. I was like, if, if you think so, based off that information. Then it isn't. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's go. I'll I'll, I'll uh, take you home. It was nice to know you. Goodbye. And, and th that was a trip because I didn't like first time. And this was like a couple of years ago. So I never experienced something like, you know, or running into someone who was so serious about it. that, Like, yeah, like the time I was born is going to like determine if we're compatible or not. People take it very seriously, dude. like like. I mean, obviously it's a joke because some people are like, haha, you know, like, oh, we're not going to work. And then like, it's like, that's a joke, you know, it's funny. But like some people are like, no, dead ass, we're not going to work. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah, well, she, like, she was serious. Work. And you know what? Like, if they really, truly believe that, then, then it's not going to work. You know what I mean? Like, because if you really want to put your trust into like that, then like, I'm not down with that. So yeah, this is not going to work. So never mind, you know, sayonara. Yeah. Just... Yeah, that's funny though. Yeah, <laughs> pretty interesting time. Uh, and I'm curious, who runs the social media for Summer Blue and for NHI? Dude, that's all like me, pretty much. Okay, because I the one thing that I really appreciate is like you know you, you go down to the first post, there's uh, the album cover, and then the next slide, there's the track list with the lyrics, right? Because I, yeah. I I I I constantly tell bands, hey put your lyrics on Bandcamp, put your lyrics on Spotify, because there's some bands who, who do it, which is awesome. And you can even time sync it. But uh, you wonder why people don't really want to sing along or don't know the words because you're not putting them out there. People you know, may not buy the the record or uh, they're not reading it. But if, if, if you make it just, you know, that much easier to access, like I, I'm sure that would help so many more people who aren't going to go out of their way to learn the words besides listening to the music but you know nine times out of ten people don't even know what they're listening to it's true it's like very yeah, yeah, yeah. you know especially hardcore it's like what the fuck is he saying yeah it sounds cool but like what the fuck is he saying yeah no no yeah i think that it's like i i I'm, I'm on board with you too i think that's like that's the most important or one of the most important parts because like i want to listen to something like where i not i don't even need to know what he's saying but like necessarily but if it's a band that's like not like death metal where it's like fucking you can't hear anything like i'll give him a pass he can say whatever the fuck he wants like i wouldn't even know mm -hmm. but if like if it's like a hardcore band and like it's pretty much audible 
I, sh- I want to know what he's saying at least a little bit, you know? So, um, I just wanted to have a lyric sheet for each one. And it looks, it looks honestly like more thought out and it looks more proper when you have like a, a whole other, like, you know, a piece of art dedicated to the lyrics. It shows that you kind of take your time and you, you care about it, you know? And especially if like, at least personally, like I feel like the shit I have to say or that I want to say is not like something that like, oh yeah, just just look over the lyrics and it's like, I actually like, you know, I, I put like a lot of thought in the lyrics. So I want, I would hope, you know, that people care about it just as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Obviously it's not going to be as much, but I mean, you know, they get to read it and, and see what it looks like. So it's cool. Yeah. Well, I'm a huge fan of what you're doing. Uh, and I'm definitely looking forward to uh, seeing NHI later this month and yeah, hopefully, Rancho. yeah. And hopefully summer blue in, in the future, I'm trying to book you guys still. Yeah. I mean, we still gotta, play. I feel like we gotta play more shows in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so hard to like, have shows coming your way, especially if you're like an indie band, like a, you know, a softer band, hardcore is popping off right now. And I mean, as much as you want to like play shows, it's not discouraging, but like it, nothing compares to playing a hardcore show. It's just so much energy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I would love dream lineup. It's not even a full show, but I, I would love to book summer blue nudie mag. That shit would be insane. Oh yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be sick. But my yeah but i gotta I keep dreaming because i i, I nudie mag's never played a show I, I i and i've been trying to book them for years as well they've uh, been around for a while too like they came out of the thing like a was it a demo they came out with right? a little, little baby on it i wouldn't say it's a demo because it's a pretty much like a full length there's like oh really i, I yeah how um, many songs yeah. uh, I'm, I'm looking it up right now because it, it, it's honestly it was heavy rotation last year I remember when that came out. yeah it's and to this day it still holds up Okay, so our milk came out in 2020. So there's uh, there's ten songs. Damn, that's a full length. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, that's a whole ass thing. That's an album. Yeah, Nudie Mag. If anybody knows them or if they're listening, please something, anything. But all right, Matt, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Uh, anything else you would like to say before we go? I mean, I don't know, man. Like, if anyone's listening. Listen to any band that comes out of the Bay Area. It doesn't even fucking need to be hardcore. Could be indie. Could be you know rock, power pop. Listen to us because we're popping, and you know I love it. I love it here. So, hundred percent agree. The Bay still doing legendary things, like I've been saying for years. I, I appreciate all the kindness from you and from everybody else up there. I, I truly appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thank you everybody who tuned in. We'll be back soon. Goodbye. <laughs>